Oh, yeah. Welcome, everybody. Nikki Football knows how to perk me up. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast number two. Nick Grenowitz is here with me. Nick, of course, the voice of the Lakeland Magic, and we've got CC Chris Crawford in the house. Chris of ESPN 580, and I am Scott Inez. Welcome, everybody, to Heart and Hustle number two. We've got bunches to talk about today about your Orlando Magic. And, guys, let's start it off uh, with with the professional weekend I thought the Orlando Magic had. Business and trip. That's it, what it you really call it, was. a business trip. It really was, Nick. I can't say enough about the the business trip the professional weekend the Orlando Magic had and and forget about the whole you know you've won 5 of 6 right now and you're streaking toward the All-Star break you go into Milwaukee and beat the league best Bucks now you sure no I I get it no Giannis and and they mailed it in that night and they only shot 32% from the field but I tell you what, the, the team on the other side of the floor had much to do with Milwaukee's performance or lack thereof, I thought, on Saturday night, Nick. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, I mean, you show up, you get a team without Giannis, beat the team without Giannis, and the Magic went in there, and they battled hard. I still think they I think they lost the rebounding battle, which even when you, when you beat Milwaukee, when that happens, too, uh, it does not happen much. But I, I love the way that they played on the road. How about this three-game stretch, though, is you get – at Milwaukee, at Atlanta, at New Orleans. Mm. Can, can the NBA make it any tougher for this? And I know that we probably complain about the schedule too much, but you're telling me you couldn't hit Atlanta on your way to Milwaukee? Yeah. You couldn't have gone maybe New Orleans, yeah. Milwaukee, Atlanta? Yeah. you got to basically go all the way up to Milwaukee, come three-quarters of the way home, then go out to New Orleans. Oh, yeah, then you get to come back home before the All-Star break, play Charlotte, who you haven't beaten in, I don't know, 45 moons. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of a weird road trip, especially playing in Milwaukee in an 8.30 game and then going back to Atlanta and playing a 7.30 game. Wasn't it 9? The ni- I think oh, it was, was a 9 o'clock game. Yeah, it was yeah. a 9 o'clock okay. start. It was yeah. 9 Eastern. So they must, have, they must have had a Marquette game early on in the afternoon in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's they did. They had, uh, okay. they had Marquette Villanova on okay, Saturday. Okay, that's right. Oh, two teams you, in the Big East. Marquette handed over their first loss. Right. Right. Yeah, but I, I just thought it was a professional weekend for the Orlando Magic. It's very impressive. We talked last week uh, about the two weeks prior to the All-Star break and the two weeks after the All-Star yeah. break. And and the attention spans in this league start to wane a little bit. And obviously, because the All-Star break is coming, you've got vacation coming, either that or you're playing in the All-Star game, as is Uh, the case with Nick Vucevic, but I I just thought it was a very professional weekend, and now you've won five of six CC after dropping six of the last seven, and you are right in the midst, in the midst, shall I say, for the first time in the last six and a half years, right in the midst of a playoff push here. Well, there's still more games left here in the season, but I would state to argue that the game starting with uh, that game at Milwaukee and going up to the game at Charlotte just before the All-Star break here, is maybe the biggest and most important stretch the Magic have all season. I know there's still more games to play, but to go from three and a half games out to at a position because of who the Miami Heat are playing, because of who Washington, Detroit, and Charlotte all have to play. Yeah, you broke this down with me. What was it, Saturday morning yeah. or Friday afternoon or something, that you get Detroit and and, and uh, Detroit and, and Washington, Washington play tonight. Other. So yeah. you get to gain a game on either one of those teams guaranteed tonight. You have Miami, who just lost to Golden State last night, now has to play in Denver tonight, which you imagine that's got to be a schedule loss for them as well. They played well last night, so we'll see. And I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch, but... You're in a position where then if you go and you win that game at Charlotte, too, 
you've had big wins and you've taken advantage of the other teams ahead of you in a tough schedule stretch where you could be half a game or you could be in that eight spot going into the all-star break if you went out here. Boys, listen to what we're talking about here. That's the thing, too. L- l- listen to what we're talking about. We're talking about a playoff push here, Nick Granowitz. It This is wonderful. I absolutely love it because it's interesting. It's about time. And let me tell you something. All you tanksters out there, tankathon.com and the whole thing, stop it. Stop it. Well, it's time for this franchise to play years, meaningful games in the second half of the season. In past years, it's felt like it was needed. This year, it doesn't this feel year, like it that. Does, no. Especially and, with this draft. Right. And I would, I'd say this, too, and I'm pretty sure this is the same for Nikki Football, that this is the first year for either one of us. Yeah, where I'm like, cover- don't do it. Co- no, 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 that. Not covering the magic. The right? first time for yes. either one of us that we're covering meaningful oh, games yeah. in yeah. February. Yeah, yeah, I was going to make that joke. I was like, hey, Uncle Scotty, is this what it means? <laughs> this is, yeah, real games. Yeah, no, but it's, so it's yeah. You guys mentioned, okay, where the team is right now. By the way, they're 25 and 32 as we're recording this. A game and a half back of the eight seed in the Eastern Conference, which uh, is uh, Detroit and Miami, I guess, are kind of right there, yeah. right? They're yep. tied uh, in that 8-9 spot. Um, last year... You go to where this team was February 15th. Our guy Josh Robbins from The Athletic outlined this. Thank you for doing the work, Josh. I didn't want to do it. Uh, the Magic were 18-39, and 39, so you're 25-32. and 32. You won 25 games all of last year, so you have already matched the amount of wins that you had last season. They were 11 and a half games back of the eight seed last year. The, the season was already over. This is the best stretch that the Magic have had in terms of the record at this point in the season since... The Scott Skiles season, which which I guess right. doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, in the 2015-16 season, 57 games into the year. Uh, the Magic were 25-32 uh, and 32 that season as well, but they were five games back. Well, we, we were done mind. at this point. Yeah, it was done. They, they was were, done. They were in, in the process of losing yes. 30 of 40 they basketball were, games. It was right after 1-17 in, yes. in January. Yes. Has Alfred Payton made a defensive stop since? I don't believe he has, but yes, keep in mind during that Skiles season, it was already all over with at the All-Star break because you were in the midst of losing 30 of 40 games. Right now, this team is surging when it needs to be. So, look, I... I I love the fact that this team is going to be playing meaningful games post-All-Star break. It's an awesome feeling for a guy who's been covering this team for 30 years. Frankly, I'm done with all the tanksters. I love you right? even, even covering this team for as long as I've been alive. Thanks and a lot. Than Chris Appreciate has been alive. that. Yeah. But it's winning time, guys. It's just it's, it's fun. It's winning time. It's fun to talk about some of the stuff we're talking about right now and looking at the scoreboard. What's Washington doing? What's Miami doing? This is fun. This is what it's I, all about. I, I, refreshing that Miami game last yeah. night. I couldn't watch it on NBA TV. I was literally sitting there on my couch refreshing yeah. the game cast on the ESPN app because I was I was like, I want to see them win, right. get this win. Right. I'm, embarrassed, I'm embarrassed to say Saturday. I watched some of the Milwaukee game, but I was much more invested in the Lakeland Capital City game in the G League, but <laughs> that's, that's personal for me. I don't blame um, But let me, uh, let, let's get to this as well here because you have two more games now before the All-Star break. As I mentioned, you're 25 and 32. Uh, the road trip, not an easy one. You finish at New Orleans uh, Tuesday night. They couldn't just sit Anthony Davis for the rest of the season. <laughs> I was kind of hoping they were going to sit Anthony Davis for the rest of the year. You have New Orleans, then you come back home on Thursday to play Charlotte. Uh, let's say you go one and one here. I I think that has to be, I guess that's my question. Is that, that's what you kind of need to do here, setting yourself into the all-star break to finish 26 and 33 and yeah. be at least a game and a half, two, two back somewhere around there, I don't there, want that mentality. I want to know. Both I want to know. I'm trying to be reasonable. But I think we're at a point where in years past, yes, that's how you look at these games. That's how you look at this. But you looked at that Milwaukee game where Giannis is out and you said, 
we have to win that game. You looked yes. at that Atlanta game last night. Me and Nick talked before that Atlanta game and yes. said, if they don't win that game, they're not a playoff team and they're not going to make the playoffs and they come out and win. I think you got to have that mentality that, hey, it's a team that we're supposed to beat. We're going to beat them. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, we, we talked about the attention spans, right? Right before the all-star break. Obviously, this team is dialed in right now. They yes. are extremely focused, and I think a lot of credit goes to the Magic head coach, Steve Clifford. I, I know some of you were not happy with the hiring of Steve Clifford last year, but this guy has been phenomenal. But look, I mean, if you go, let's say one and one, if you win in New Orleans and lose to Charlotte, which is something that we seem to do at, at what, what is it, like 12 straight wins by the uh, the Hornets over the Orlando Magic at this particular point? We haven't beaten them since. Oh, we haven't beaten them since Dwight was here. Yeah, since the Hindenburg went yeah, down or whatever. Been, I mean, it's, it, it's been it's been quite a minute yeah. since since we beat Charlotte. And earlier this year, uh, how many times have we played Charlotte this year? A couple, right? I believe once, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's see. I think uh, we twice, played twice, actually. Twice, twice. And by the way, they've, left. they've beaten the hell out of them. Yeah, they've won <laughs> both games pretty convincingly. Uh, Charlotte on on October 19th, 120-88. And then December 31st. That's right, they played New Year's Eve. Uh, 125-100. to 100. So, But look, if you can be a winner of whatever that is, six of eight going into the All-Star break, that's not too shabby, guys. That's not bad at all. You're extremely focused right now this time of year, which says a lot about Steve Clifford and his coaching, says a lot about these players right now. They're all focused. They're all dialed in. Absolutely love the look of this Magic team going toward the All-Star break. Here was the question I had. I was thinking about this. Uh, I was up in Jacksonville this weekend, and, of course, you get done with the weekend, and everyone's tired, and you're driving home on Sunday, and my girlfriend decides she's going to take a nap. That's great. She takes a nap. I have to drive the two hours. But while I was sitting there thinking, I was wondering, how many wins is it going to take to make the eight seed? Like, the- just, just to map this out, right now Detroit 25-29, and 29, they're the eight seed. Miami's right there with them. The Magic, 25 and 32. So you're tied in the win column with these teams. You're just three out in the loss column. How many wins is it going to take? Is it 35? I think somewhere between 35 and 39. So you're going to finish uh, 25. So that's 50. Uh, I'm doing this on the flyer. 57 games you play. There's 82 games in the season. So what are there? 25 games there's left. 20, yeah, there's 23 games after the All-Star break. 23 games after the All-Star break. Thank you. Um, I think you need to go at least 13 and 10. Yeah. That'd you, be a you, good, that'd you be a can't good. play 500 ball unless you're in the playoff uh, yeah. If scenario. They, yeah, there. if that's we, yeah, if they're in that eight spot, if they have the eight spot going right. into All Star break, then you can kind of tread water. But as you mentioned, if the teams aren't going to come down to you. You've got to go up to them. So if you're behind them after the All Star break, you do. You've got to come out in the second half of the year, and you have to post a. Uh, an over 500 yeah, record. I think typically year after year, you look at that number of 35 as sort of the break even for the playoffs. But I think you're right, CC. I think it's going to take a little bit more than 35 wins to yeah, get into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Steve, yeah, I think you're right. That, 37, weird, I'm yeah. I think 37, 38. 38. Yeah. yeah. Steve Clifford's career record post all-star break, <laughs> Three games. 64 and 63. <laughs> okay. That's not bad, actually. No, I mean, for game, the teams that he coached, a game, a game over five hundred. He's had years. That's not bad. But the thing is, if you look at him, he's had years where he's gone nineteen and eight, sure, and years where he's gone five and eighteen. Well, it all depends on what the years are. Mm-hmm. Be- before when the All Star nineteen and nine, nineteen and eight, obviously when the All Star break was shorter and later on. So yeah, so about thirteen more wins. So if we were doing the major league thing where you had the mock up with the with the clothes that peeled off, right? I mean <laughs> yes. anyone major league fans here, that's they would have to <laughs> if they were the doing ends. if they had Scott and Ez in the locker room there, I guess, and they <laughs> yes. were peeling off the clothes. We need thirteen articles <laughs> 13, of clothing. To peel thirteen off. articles of clothing. Okay. So that's what it's going to take. Uh why don't we move on here? 
Uh, and during this this run of five wins out of the last six games, uh, I, I'm so gleeful for, to talk about this because mm-hmm. this is my dude. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Isaac has been a monster. Yeah. Uh, an absolute monster during this run. He had 17 points, three rebounds, a little something I like to call five blocks, five that tied a career high for him in the win against Atlanta uh, on Sunday night. Uh, the last five, Jonathan Isaac is averaging 13.5 points, 6.2 rebounds, and he's shooting 50% from the floor. Scott, it feels like this team is. It feels like Jonathan Isaac is kind of, you know, much maligned as the number six pick. Played twenty eight games last year. Uh, the offensive game isn't always pretty, but it feels like he's starting to get into a groove here. You got to love what you see out of Jonathan Isaac right now. I did not expect to see this dude this year, but the game I think is officially slowing down for him right now. He played just what twenty seven games last year. Technically, guys, he's really not even out of his rookie season yet. Because I Has think he not hit 82 games. I, yet? I don't think he's hit 82. I think he'll hit 79 on uh, on Tuesday night against New Orleans. So we're splitting so hairs. We're splitting. I mean, yes, we are splitting <laughs> hairs. But I, I 78 did not, games. 78, 79. He's got like four that. short. He's got four left. Yeah. So, so I did not expect to see this out of Jonathan Isaac so soon. He looks confident. His body is cooperating with him to the point where he's not worried about getting hurt anymore, even though whenever he dives on the floor, I'm thinking, please don't do that, Jonathan Isaac. But his his body's cooperating him. He is playing loose and free because of it. He's going after every rebound. He's going after every block shot. Jonathan Isaac is becoming a force. And, and notice I didn't even mention the offense, but he's had 17 the last two nights against Milwaukee mm-hmm. and Atlanta. Not even talking about the offense. I think whatever you get from a Jonathan Isaac on the offensive end right, right now, now is yeah. bonus. It's gravy, yeah. right? I mean, it's cherry on top of the Sunday. He's all arms. He's all legs. And you, you watch anybody who goes up against him on the defensive side, he frustrates the heck. What did he get? John Collins three straight times on yeah, one trip down the floor. Row, and by yeah. the way, John Collins is like the darling of the NBA right, right now. Yeah, People love, love him. John yeah. Collins and, right now. And Jonathan Isaac just snuffed him three times. And the defense is great. And I mentioned Nick before. I would love to see the deflection numbers because I'm sure those are out of control for him too. But the one part of the game that I have loved to see develop in him too, because as you said, anything offensively has kind of been an added little bonus that we've gotten here. How about that 18 foot pull up jumper? Yes. Off? The dribble. I like it. Off the dribble like with a it. hand in his face, and it is smooth almost every single time. Something that, it, and I, 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 it's a very, very long comparison to make from one step to this step, but it's a Kevin Durant type of shot. Mm-hmm. The way that it's unblockable, and it's just quick dribble between the legs, pull up, and hit it. Now, elsewhere Somewhere the shot... Somewhere Jeff Weltman is smiling. <laughs> well, elsewhere the shot hasn't quite developed. He has some threes where he's wide open, and he hits some, and he has some threes where he's wide open, and it's like, did somebody open a door in here? Yeah. But that little that little piece the of old offense. Dennis Newman, did someone open a window in here? <laughs> yeah. is, that, is Dennis still using that? By he the way, is. oh yeah, yeah, of course. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. But that little that that one little flash is the one thing that I think he can really kind of. I think to be to be a good, really good offensive player in this game, you need to get your one go to move kind of thing. You look at a guy like James Harden who has his step back. Steph Curry has his pull up shot. Clay Thompson has his just quick shoot release three. If Jonathan Isaac can develop that eighteen footer, where I mean, it already already feels like he hits it almost every single time. Yeah. But if he can pretty much eyes closed hit it every time, that is going to do wonders for his offensive game down the road yeah, because the he can best focus thing. on everything else after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And the best thing about that is if he's making that shot, that 18-foot jumper that you mentioned consistently, what it is, it's keeping other defenses honest because there were times last year when Jonathan Isaac was on the floor, be it not many because he only played 28 games, where you were playing five on four 
um, uh, I'm sorry, four on five offensively because the defense just did not honor them. And then when you throw in a couple of the other guys that have struggled shooting, it gets tougher and tougher. But the way Jonathan are, Isaac... Yeah, they are still not honoring him on the three either. No, no, no. If you no, watch I mean, the defender sacks those, off big time. After yeah. those three blocks on John Collins, not the next possession, but the one after that, he hit a three, and he was well behind the arc. That was more than an NBA three. But the defender was standing in the paint. Yeah. Like, they were just I like, mean, okay. We're talking about Jonathan Isaac's offense, right? I mean, his defense is where it needs to be for the rest of his career. The offense is going to come. I'm not worried about the offense. Now, yeah. we can nitpick. Okay, we we can nitpick that shot right yeah, that's now. That's what we're I doing right he, now. I think he needs to get the ball out of the palm of his hands and put it more into his fingertips. But again, we're nitpicking here. The bottom line is this guy could go out and get you 10-plus rebounds and two to four or five block shots and not even bat an eye. No, you know, and a couple steals too. The, right. the floor for his game is is Tony Allen, right? I mean, where he's just a defensive stopper for you and whatever you get offensively is is gravy. The problem is guys like Tony Allen have kind of been run out of the league. We still remember that Warriors-Grizzlies series. Grizzlies were up like, what, 2-0, 2-1 in that series, and the Warriors just decided, okay, we're going to let Tony Allen shoot it every yeah, time. This, this guy's so much no, more no, talented. And, and I, 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 I understand the that. Floor, it, but, but it's he's, Tony Allen. He's already surpassed the floor. Okay. He's, he's already surpassed well, that. Uh, Tony Allen before his ACL injury. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Tony, Tony, Allen, awesome. Tony Allen had a ton of promise till yeah. he dunked after a whistle and tore his ACL. That's yeah, right. I, I just, I, I love the guy. I, I own quite a bit of the Jonathan Isaac stock. I don't, did you sell? I don't know. Did you sell, Chris? No, well, no, you say that. Yeah, we were at a bar about a couple weeks ago. I was worried. And we, we asked worried. the question, who was the most valuable player oh, coming in the Bamba trade was. deadline? Who yeah. do you not move? And at the top of my list was Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. I said, this is the guy, and this is why. Because, like you said, I wasn't expecting it the same way you were for it to all of a sudden. It just clicked overnight. When he got snubbed from that rising star, it's like something inside of him woke up and has turned him into this guy now. Oh, well, I forgot think, about think, that. Think about, how, think about how far we've come with Jonathan Isaac, too. Early on in the season, whenever he would hit the ground, we, we would look at one another going, oh my gosh, here we go again. He's going to be out for the entire season. He's growing into his body. He's got a long way to go. He is really that wacky, yeah. wavable, but inflatable it, arm. Man. Right? So when he's out there. It, it's felt, just... it felt like he was hitting the ground more early on in the season, too, which was a point that you made earlier on here in that he's playing more free yeah. and he's playing more loose. And I think that's helped him because when you're, I think when you play worried that you're going to get injured, yeah. you're more likely to get injured yeah. because you're kind of of thinking about it all the time, whereas now it actually looks like he's playing without worrying or thinking about that, and he he's, he's it seems like he's staying upright a little bit more. All that work that the Orlando Magic did with him in the offseason in the weight room is paying off right now. You guys have any other thoughts about Jonathan Isaac? I love think, it. I think absolutely we're st- love it, man. I think- I- Go ahead. The development and everything, it's changing the narrative here of Orlando, too, of that they can't develop players because that's something yeah. that people have knocked to, and this growth of Jonathan Isaac is the first sign because it's the first kind of guy that they've really gotten to try and mold a little bit more so than an Aaron Gordon who had the last development crew. You've got Jonathan Isaac with the new front office, the new people developing, and it's come along a little better. And, yeah. and I think I think Mo Bamba should be looking at Jonathan Isaac right now going, okay, that's where I could very well be if I continue to work hard. And Markel Fultz, too. And We're going to get to in a minute here, but Markel Fultz, too. Like, the development of Jonathan Isaac, and albeit, it's five games, right? Like, I'm, let me check no, all this. There's a very it's good five chance. Games, but it's because, a different Jonathan yeah. Isaac. He, he could come out and get guy. four points, three yes. rebounds, and five fouls. But yes, I, I don't care. As, as long as he plays defense right now, CC. I don't care what his numbers are. Uh, do the Magic, do you, you guys tell me, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I've either remembered this or forgotten this or whatever, but do the Magic... Did they employ a shooting coach? 
Do the Magic have just a shooting coach? Do they have a Chip Anglin, who, of course, works for San Antonio? They have everything else, so I assume they have a I would shooting assume, yeah. I would okay, I, I'll, I'll look this up and find that out. But I just, I don't know why more teams don't, because some don't. They just, they don't have a guy that's like, okay, this is our shooting doctor. Uh, I feel like that is something that if the Magic don't have during the offseason, uh, maybe take a little bit out of, I don't know, the corporate lunch fund or something and throw it into a well, shooting coach. You want to you you uh, take that position? Yeah, I've got a couple of dollars in I've my pocket. I've played pickup with oh, no, you. I was going oh, to oh. yeah, bring you in as the shooting coach. I, I, that's where I was at. I can't move, but I can shoot the lights that's out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I mean? Need, I mean yeah. It's like riding a bike, baby. Just yeah. stick me. I, if, if I could have like a DS, like a designated shooter role, yeah, somewhere. It'd be perfect for and you. Pick up basketball. I'd still. We be wouldn't off. need the green peas in the fridge. The freezer exactly. at work here. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we mentioned uh, Jonathan Isaac and his development. Uh, the development of Markel Fultz is on everybody's mind. And Scott actually caught up with Orlando Magic president of basketball operations Jeff Weltman last week on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez on ESPN 580. Uh, you'll hear some of that coming up next, right after these words. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast, episode number two here. We've talked about the Magic's playoff push, Jonathan Isaac and his recent play. Uh, and let's get to a little bit of the Markel Fultz post-mortem, guys, because there was the reaction to the deal. We have Markel Fultz. This is our guy. We had the Markel Fultz jerseys at Amway Center. Uh, old school, on, too. How good awesome choice. was good that? Good choice going. I'm glad they went old school with it because that, that was a good move. <laughs> so, let's, uh, Scotty, you got a chance on ESPN 580 uh, to catch up with Jeff Weltman, uh, and I'm queuing up some of those. Yeah. Uh, but Jeff Weltman... I have to say, I mean, what were a few of your takeaways from talking with Jeff Weltman uh, as as he kind of, I think, starts to prepare the fan base for what to expect sure. from Markel Fultz? Sure. I think, number one, this franchise is going to be ultra patient. Big surprise here with Markel Fultz. I don't think you're going to see Markel Fultz this year. I, I no. could be totally wrong. We may see him some in April. I think if we do see him, it will be very late in the season. I don't think you're going to see any sort of introductory uh, press conference that with surprised Markel me. Fultz. We didn't want to do like a win the press conference I, thing. Look, this is this, our guy. I mean, we, we talked about it before. If this thing is in his head, and I do believe it is, you you want to keep this kid keep away, from, away any, from everything, any media, any and any crowds right now. You want to find out who this kid is all about, and that's another thing. This Jeff Weltman told me it's about the person. We believe he's a good person and a great basketball player. We want to get to know the person. First, So that's another takeaway that I got from Jeff Weltman. But look, I mean, this is a kid who has been diagnosed with the thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, Best comment of the week, by the way, was calling it Jurassic outlet syndrome. Jurassic Park syndrome. Right, right. But but one of the great things for Fultz coming to Orlando, it's a clean slate now. It's an absolute clean slate. This kid needed a change of scenery. He gets here to Orlando. And look, Jeff Weltman... If there's one thing we've learned about Jeff and John, John Hammond, the GM, over the last year and a half, they are going to take things very, 
very slowly. So those those are my main takeaways from my chat with Jeff last week. All right, and you did talk to Jeff Weltman Friday on ESPN Afternoons at Scott Inez on ESPN 580, uh, and you asked Jeff Weltman about the risk in terms of going to get Markel Fultz for Jonathan Simmons as well as some draft picks, and Jeff Weltman really does not care what anybody thinks about the risk. Uh, I, I think I think that it speaks for itself. It's, it's obviously, uh, as I said before, I, I'll let others – assess the risk you know obviously what we gave up i'll let them determine the value of, of that uh, package but the there's no question about the reward i mean the whole league regards markel fultz as you know number one number two number three pick in that draft most people i would say number one uh but the chance that this kid has to become um, an elite level player um is still at age 20 and a kid of high character who's going to work and go through everything that he needs to do to get there um, is uh, uh, we, we felt, you know, clearly a worthwhile venture for us. And, and obviously we're going to do everything we can to get him where he needs to get. So that was Jeff Weltman. Uh, clearly, Jeff Weltman, I think, understands we bought a lottery ticket here. And we're hoping that the kid comes in and turns into even 80 percent of what he was when he was taken number one. Uh, and if he does that, we get an even better, at least, rotation player, and you've upgraded your roster. Yeah. Look, look, we bought a lottery ticket for a bargain basement price. I mean, let's call it like it is, shall we? Jonathan Simmons was doing nothing for you this year. To me, he had lost a step athletically. You're you're going to give up a, a first-round draft pick that will be a late first-round draft pick and a second-round pick. Who really cares? So, to me, this is a kid who was taken with the top overall pick in the 2017 NBA draft some 20 months ago well worth the quote-unquote gamble that the Magic took on this kid and I'm, I'm with Scott on, on not letting him play this year I think that in this in the way that Scott said too you want to make sure that everything is perfect for him the way that I described it is that it's like if you're a kid and you get thrown into a pool you can almost drown in a pool at a young age right the next time you go swimming in that pool, you're not going to jump right in. You're going to ease your way down the steps. You're going to make sure that you're not going to drown again. So yeah. put this kid in a situation where he's not going to drown under pressure or anything like that. So at the end of the year, if the Magic are competing for a playoff spot, I don't want him to see the floor at all. I don't want to come close to that because then you have the pressure of him needing to come in and contribute and play in meaningful games right away. If the Magic are now eliminated from the playoffs, though, and there's five, six games left in the year, mm -hmm. then I'm kind of like, okay, let's maybe throw him into one of these games. We'll have him start against one of the lesser opponents that we played the last five. Let him loose. Let him have fun. Let him play relaxed where there's absolutely no pressure on him whatsoever. And until then, maybe then you don't play until next year because I have a feeling those last five games of the year are going to be meaningful for the Magic. Wait, you guys are talking about the Orlando Magic. I was talking about playing with them in the Lakeland. <laughs> I just, I Actually, win. I think I that would be a decent idea, Nick. That's not a bad one. I think that would be a decent idea to send this kid down there to have him play in front I, I, what, what's the average crowd down in Lakeland well, whatever they it fill is the place. okay well, whatever it is have him go down there and play some some games in Lakeland look the worst thing you can do if you are the Orlando Magic right now mm -hmm. is to rush this kid back into NBA action that is the absolute worst thing you can do because to me and I don't know what's going on with this kid whether there's something to this thoracic Jurassic Park Syndrome or what? What he he's it's in his head. The kids okay, in can, their games. Can we can we can we agree upon this? It's in his head. So the worst the worst thing you could do is rush him back. We've got one shot at this. To me, I just I don't think I would put him in the G League. 
I wouldn't. I, I, I struggle with this because I think there are a lot of positives. I think the G League has turned itself into a great assignment place, great development place. You see some of the guys that are getting now 10 days and all this, the Malcolm Millers and some other guys. I think it's great. But you put Markel Fultz down there, we forget it is still very much a man's league. And sure, this guy is sure. 19 years old, and he is going to have the target on his back. I don't mind of that, being though, the Nick. number one pick I don't mind down that. there. And, and, and every least... guy, Scotty, is going to say, I want to make sure. sports Oh, center. absolutely. I no just... doubt about it and if he takes an air ball from the free throw line no doubt it's going to be on sports center yeah. too but if, that's if where you're i'm gonna, having a hard time with if, this. i i got you but if you're going to bring him back i think you start him in lakeland nick i'd love to see it i think like from a selfish standpoint as a guy that works with the lakeland magic i'd love to see it i just i think if you're as worried about the yeah, mental I, side yeah. of this if you're as worried if that is it you just said I'm it's out, in his I'm head out. you're out on lakeland can't do it. yeah i, I think, just I think it depends if he yeah if he because if he he's going to be expected to Play dominate. well, like and maybe not dominate, but he's going to be expected to play well. He's going to be expected to be one of the best players on the court at that time. And if he only comes mm-hmm. out and he's only able to score seven points in 18, 20 minutes of play and doesn't look anything spectacular out there, it's going to be a talking point and it's going to here's, be a focal point. Here's, here's what got, I do. I've got a decent comparison okay, for ahead. you here quickly. I saw Courtney Lee earlier this year, former Orlando right. Magic guy, was just right. in the Knicks Pelicans uh uh, deal he played horribly. Right, he was he was terrible. He was terrible. Courtney Lee was terrible. He played the entire night basically. Played like thirty some minutes, and in the fourth quarter hit a three. Right. Okay. Hands go in the air. Finally <laughs> made a three. He was like O of a hundred from yeah. three, and they got him out quickly. Courtney Lee though is an NBA vet that right. understands. I All right. Understand. I just needed to see it go in. Yes. Markel Fultz is not. I that. I, I I understand that, but here's how you do it. You announce an hour before game time. Markel Fultz will be playing for the Lakeland Magic. That way there will be no cameras in that building. I would appreciate a little more notice than that. There there will be no cameras in the building, and you get him some vitally needed playing time. But look, you're right, CeCe. The Magic have one shot at this because if it is in his head, if he has the so-called yips, whatever it is, you've got one shot at this. You want to get it right the first time. So while I'm saying I would like to see him play in Lakeland before the season is up, if the Magic deem it necessary to sit him for the rest of the year and get him in front of a sports psychiatrist, psychologist, uh, to get him all the clinical help that they can get him, I am all for it. Bottom line is you don't want to rush this no. kid back knowing that it's probably in his head We're right now. diffusing a mental bomb, and we better not cut yeah. the wrong wire. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. I, I think that's going to do it for us here on the uh, on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Episode two, guys. Number two we're in two, the books. We're two in. Who would have thought we would have done a second? We just did the do one. We, do we beat New Orleans tomorrow night? Tuesday night? Uh, oh, yes, we do. Chris wants to go out on a prediction. I like yeah, this. Yeah, I think that's a good way to close you, it you out beat, here. You beat New Orleans and probably fall to Charlotte on Thursday night going into the All-Star break. Can, yeah. I, take, can I take the Charlotte win instead? Be nice to I'd be. Rather, who would you I'd rather, rather beat? Be. You'd rather Charlotte. beat Charlotte. I'd right? rather Absolutely. beat Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Finishing 4-1 before the All-Star break. Uh, would be great, though. How do we do this, Scotty? You want me to say goodbye? Yeah, you, you say, say goodbye. goodbye. All you right, make sure you uh, subscribe, rate, comment. Uh, you can follow Scott Inez at Inez Says on Twitter. You can listen to him every single weekday on ESPN 5 at Orlando, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. ESPN Afternoon to Scott Inez. You can get Chris Crawford at ESPN 580CC. He is going to be a regular here on the show. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ESPN 580Nick. If you're not, if you haven't been, I don't know what you've been doing. Uh, that is good for two episodes on the Heart Hustle podcast, part of the Orlando Pinstripe Post Network. Uh, go ahead, check them out as well. And we will talk to you a little later this week.